0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Bone Robot Games Podcast. This is Alex Ferentz, a.k.a. Treebone, and this week we're talking about the game Citizen Sleeper. Citizen Sleeper took me entirely by surprise. Once again, the majesty of Game Pass allows me to download games that otherwise not take a chance on, not look at. Going in with no knowledge and no expectation, I was pleasantly surprised from the start, and that pleasantry never left me. You choose a starting character type, And then you simply start playing very quick. It's my favorite thing. When you start, the faster you start the game, the better. It's heavily story driven, but since it's delivered with excellent writing, amazing writing, and no voice acting, I was immediately enamored. They never do that in games. I hate voice acting. I wish it wasn't in games. It's pointless and it's usually bad. It doesn't really characterize people, and there's too much of it. This is a sci fi tale, but without any like real. Boring sci-fi tropes. It treads its own path, which I love. And as I like to say, it checks all of my boxes. You start the story finding out you're like an android of sorts. You're a human being. Well, a human being sold their body and mind to a company, Essen Arp. The company's name is Essenarp, Arp. And their mind was emulated. This human's mind was emulated. Their mind was placed into a robotic avatar. While their human counterpart was put into some sort of suspended sleep or animation or something like that. The robot, which the game refers to as a sleeper, is what you control. The human they are derived from uh, signed the, the sleeper into servitude to S and ARP, but you manage to escape on a drifting freighter in space, and that's where the story takes place. Uh, it begins there. You land on a space station called the Eye, and you get to playing. The gameplay is simple and elegant. You have to manage your condition, your health, basically, and your energy while interacting with people and places and things on the I. It runs a series of cycles, which is basically a day, uh, which you progress by going back to your home and clicking end cycle. This takes away some of your condition and two of your five total energy every time you end the cycle. You have a slot for five dice um, above, in between your condition and your energy at the top of the screen, and you lose you get it you'll maximum you get five dice but you'll get four or three or two or less um you you generate new ones each cycle unless your condition gets low and then you generate four and so forth until you only generate one it's point and click so you find like a new location on the eye by moving around um with a joystick you click on it and then you're given some options to use your dice on your dice are randomly generated in their five slots as far as i can tell um I think it was random. I don't think you can improve your chances to get better ones. Um, That is a 1 through a 6 on the die, and you can choose which dice to use on which task. So you have like your allotted 5 dice of different numbers to use throughout the day. Each task has a chance of having a positive, neutral, or negative outcome. Positive outcomes usually mean you progress a story point by 2 to 3 points, or you gain money or items, or both, or like a big boon. Neutral outcomes are usually you gain, like, one story point or one item, and then negative outcomes are you lose story progress, lose condition, lose energy, lose money, or some other failure state. Um, Each task also has a rating of safe, risky, or dangerous. Safe tasks usually give more positive or neutral outcomes, even on lower dice, and dangerous tasks are the opposite, where you have more of a negative even with higher. So, like, specifically, a one die on a safe would give you, like, 50 neutral chance and 50 negative chance. A one on a risky would be like 25 positive, 50 neutral, 25 negative. One on a one, a dangerous would be 100% negative. You can't, I don't think you can pass. Or it might be 50-50. I don't know what exactly, but you get the gist. Like a six on a safe one would be 100% positive. You know what I mean? Like the opposite way around. Risky with a six would be 50-50 and 50-50 neutral and positive and so on. Uh, I, I'm not sure. If that's not exactly correct. They There's like some wiggle room in there, but it, that's close enough. You get it from there. Like you... It, it's a better rating on the safe with a six than it is a, a one with a dangerous. It's close enough. I take a ton of, ton of chances, so I never gave a shit if it was potentially negative outcome. I just rolled the dice, baby. I'm a gambler. Um, that part was fun. But some tax, tasks are also timed. You may need to progress a story point by doing work for someone, but if you don't finish the work in six cycles maybe, you automatically fail. So you'll typically have to get like three to five positive outcomes before those six cycles, like three or five um, progress bars. So if you're getting, you know, two progress bars per on a very on a positive outcome versus one you, know, you get it quicker. Other tasks are in like a virtual space later on, since you're like a, an Android, you're being a sleeper. you can sort of see inside electronic network and access nodes in a very sci fi robotic hacking maneuver. And these, like, hacks are different and then you must match your die roll exactly to the requested input. So if it's a 2, you have to put in a 2. You get hacking data, secret info, and other perks from hacking. Um, And that's, like, a really interesting thing because I would have days where I I felt like I could maximize my efficiency. If I had a 6, a 1, and a 3, I would use a 6 on something I needed to get that was pertinent and urgent. And a 3 on something, like, in the middle, obviously, middling, that I didn't care if I particularly made a lot of progress and also losing wouldn't mean too much. And then a one I would put in on a hack to get data I needed or something to progress the story. So in the start of the game, it's very difficult. Many tasks are timed or hard to complete and you're also losing your condition and energy. You don't know how to get them back. You don't have a lot of money. Energy can be replenished with, um, by buying certain things and like eating them, but you have to pay for that at the eatery. But then you have to spend dice rolls to get money. So if you spend two dice rolls to get money and, and you, and you say so you miss both of them, then your whole day is wasted. You lose money, you lose energy, you lose condition, and you can't increase any of those because you, you lost all your dice, So you, and you couldn't make progress on other things. So that's like tough in the beginning. Condition can only initially be replenished with a special syringe of like sleeper fluid. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, it's like story based why you can't get it, and it makes a lot of sense and why it's hard to acquire. Um, and then like later on, there's other ways to do it. But in the beginning, it's tough because it's the only way, and your condition's like just dwindling over time and then if your condition goes down you get less dice and it, it really can compound early on and make it difficult but either way i feel like it it mitigates the frustrating feel of an actual dice roll while letting you also try and balance your outcomes if you have a one a three and a six like i said before you spread them out use the six on a dangerous task that has a cycle check use the one to match the hack note and the three to take a chance or well, whatever if you fail you sometimes fail like on a big roll and succeed on a low roll but you feel like you have power because you could use your pre-rolled dice on the options you want. So many games have the dice roll live, so you need a six, and then you get a one, and it feels like completely random chance bullshit that you hate, right? you like, oh, I can succeed here. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're actually playing a game, right? It doesn't feel like it's in your hands. So you have a, when you drop a dice on the table, and you go, oh, I needed a six, and I didn't get it. It just doesn't feel good. But if you have a six, you can say, well, I still only have a 50% chance of getting this, but... I'd rather take that than a one in six, right? Or if I was six, I know I can get a positive on a different outcome. you know, you can sort of mitigate it and and take chances how you want. And it feels so good because it still has the dice roll like daily where you roll them and you can spend them how you want. It's such a great choice. I love it. I had a blast with the system. It felt tactical. When I was taking a chance, I knew that exact percent. I was fine making that decision. So it doesn't feel punishing. It's such a smooth gameplay experience. I loved it. You know, for such a simple and uninvolved gameplay loop it had me hooked instantly completely it was super fun making these choices across the eye mostly in parts of the story being intrinsically connected to the choices you were making but i was like i felt super efficient i would choose what i wanted to do i was like it felt really good to make these choices a lot of games it has like a straight up and black and white choice and this this entire game was gray area nothing's cut and dry it's not you can't very easily tell the outcome And you're making fun choices. So the rest of the game is like going through a choose-your-path character-driven story, and it absolutely fucking knocks it out of the park. It's a 2001 Barry Bond season slugger of a story. Not because it has a super cool twist, or even, like, I don't even think the, the main character doesn't have a name. Everyone calls him Sleeper. It's not even like groundbreaking, but the characters are interesting. They're deep and they're fun to talk to. It's home run after home run of one on ones with three dimensional personalities and existential self inquiries and ethereal cyber world sci fi psych trips. The, the story is it's so incredible. It's so much fun to do. It's so well written from the beginning. I would like read these excerpts and these little you know spaces, and I would say. I wish I wrote this. It's so good. And it it made me feel so good to play a game that had phenomenal writing. There was nothing cliche about it. It was wholly unique and I can't get over how much it moved me. And so, okay, so the story has progressed through drives. Um, The first person you meet is a guy named Dragos. He's like a salvager and he finds you on the ship and he gives you a place to stay. So after that, your first like drive, which is basically it's like a mission you can get, is to pay him back for helping you and I think like he fixed you a little bit or something. The drive is that you can, like, visit his location on the eye, and then you can use a die on what... He has two tasks when you visit his location. I think both feed into, like, the paying him back cycle. So you have... I, and I don't think there's, like, a, a negative time on it. Basically, if you have, like, a time limit, like, oh, this ends in five cycles, it'll have, like, a red thing that will fill up one per cycle, and then you have to fill up a yellow circle in segments and and beat that. I don't think that you have... Like, some of them aren't time. This one is just if you decide to put you're dice into that, you will progress this task. So then once you do that, you are given, every time you complete, like, a you fill a circle, you're, you're given a new dialogue scene. It'll just instantly, when you leave that location, it, it puts you into a little story beat. And these story beats play out in, in small segments where a character drawing will pop up on the screen, and you'll read through short paragraphs of dialogue um, or just, like, exposition. And it's occasionally with, like, a prompt to select a new one to progress. So, like, you'll get... A paragraph or two, and then you can, you know, maybe two options to ask them about two different things they brought up, or three options to disagree or agree with them, with a third one to sometimes just stay silent and listen, and these story beats are where the game succeeds immensely, it is so well written, so full of charm and charisma and substance, the people react realistically, as far as they can for being, like, far future inhabitants of a space station interacting with an android, like, don't think about that too deep, like, it, it, You don't go off the off the rails there. They feel like real human beings. They feel like someone I would interact with. Like most are often just trying to get by, as you are as a sleeper, and they have no direct support or malice for you in the beginning. Until you like build a bond with them or if you have bad dice rolls or dialogue choices, you end that bond forever. One of the things I like most about the game is how unpredictable it is. It goes hand in hand with what I was saying about being in a grey area. At some point, um like through my choices with other characters i unlocked and dialogue options and this is where spoilers will start here so i will say i'll take a quick moment spoilers about to start so um if you don't want the game spoiled for you i I suggest you do not have it spoiled for you real quick play the game it's incredible just play if you don't want any spoilers play it you will not be let down if you like story-based games the gameplay is also really good but okay so um through my choices with characters i unlock and dialogue options i unceremoniously ended my friendship with dragos i I didn't intend to i was working with someone else we found out about like a ship bringing in more sleepers i told dragos about it and that was it there was like an option to tell him about it and or like an option to like coyly state it or an option to say nothing and i told him about it he said he can't talk to me if i'm snooping around his business and i'm being a risk to him then the dialogue like abruptly ended and his interaction choice on the map was gone. I like Dragos a lot. He saved me. It was a very like great first introduction to a character. And suddenly, without warning, he was gone for good. He had nothing against me. He was only looking out for himself. It felt entirely real. I understood him entirely, and it still saddened me. I didn't want to lose that, that personal connection. I wanted to learn about him because he was a complex and interesting man and because he helped me. I squandered that. I didn't realize I could, I thought like most games, it's extremely forgiving. But from then on, I was very cautious about who I worked with and what I said to everyone, I would often stop and take, like, I would sit and ponder out loud about what choice I wanted to make, because I felt like it could have powerful implications across the entire eye, which was like, you don't have this in games. And it all comes down to the the incredible writing. Some were lengthy and expansive. Uh, Ankita is a mercenary who has like a long and involved story. She even appears later on in like another person's story at some point. And what was interesting was um, I had like a a good to like middling relationship with, or like middling, I guess, like a weird relationship with Ankita where I helped her in the beginning and then we sort of like fizzled out. So I imagine the meeting can go very differently later on depending if you've met her or have not or have failed her thing earlier or fought with her or if you have an even better relationship with later i feel like there's a lot of different things that could happen um a different character is neo vend who's one of my favorite characters he's like a sentient program hiding in an old discarded vending machine from a he's hiding from a hunter and killer program in like the cyber hacking areas that you can go to that hunt down and kill sentient programs so there's like a slum doctor, the food vendor, the bartender, the mechanic, the bounty hunter, tons, more than this. Amazing character interactions and characters spread across the entire length of the game. And the core reason they all succeed is, the, is literally the writing. I cannot stress to you enough. I write on my own. I write my own fiction stories. I write for my video game journalism blog. I write the script that I'm reading right now. And the writing is superb. It's some of the best writing I've ever read. It immediately captivated me. I was enraptured by it. I could not get enough of this game. I couldn't put it down. The writing is beyond. The word choice is stupendous. They write like I wish I could write my science fiction. It's eloquent, succinct, poignant. There were loads of lines that struck me when I read them, and I stopped to drink it in a little longer. Not overly flowery or descriptive, just the right amount of info. Beyond that, the subject matter was supreme. The entire game focuses on your sleeper coping with their life. Having gained sentience, they struggle with having bouts of memories of their past life, not true recalled memories of a time, but feelings, longing, an image of a past life that they can't fully connect with. It's like a mental exercise that is not afraid to touch on the psyche of who you are and what you are. The sleeper struggles with autonomy, identity, being an outcast, all the while struggling to find friends on the eye if they want to make friends, who they can trust, who they can connect with and simply trying to live and keep their energy in their condition of. This was made all the more impactful by the amazing soundtrack. Now, I don't think, there's not really any full-on songs. It's mostly very ambient and accompanying music. Melodic and peaceful, but like enchanting, thought-provoking, um, melancholy and serious, yet emotive and decorative. It's a tour de force of world-building, setting, and cultivating an environment. There are sections and you'd be interfacing at a bar or a club, And the background would simply be noise, not like overbearing or fake as if they went onto like YouTube and typed in noise, but occasionally you'd hear like a louder voice, glasses clinking together, chairs shifting, and it wasn't like over this fake raucous like people talking in the background. It was just silence and then those. Timed well and balanced. It felt very casual, very real. Just another level of immersion. It was like an interactive book. I continue to say that. It felt like the best book I've ever read because there's a music accompanying all these bits and it heightened my experience. It's like, imagine reading a book where in certain segments the a, a piano tune just kicked in. But in this, they had these like sci-fi vibes and this like synth type of thing. And then like sporadic notes. And it was just so good. The, the music made it so much better. I'm a music freak. I also love music. My two loves music and writing and, and it is, I, they are in spades in this game. I was so enamored with these characters. I don't want to talk about too many of them because I want you to experience for yourself. If you're still listening and and you felt like i had ruined some of that, I apologize, but it it is worth a play no matter what. It's entirely worthwhile. Um, There are tons of parts of the game where I found myself taken aback by an encounter. I literally was, I have done this on stream. You could see me. I had to sit and think about how I wanted to proceed. I cared about these people and they cared about me and it made me believe that they did and I felt it. I did not want to mess up again and sever a thread between me and one of them there were huge points and impactful segments where you had to make strong choices and deal with the outcome either way. And it wasn't like, oh, if I do this, I solve it. And if I do this, I fail. You didn't know how they are going to react. And it made me feel better because like, I cannot stress how well-written and enjoyable it was to play through. Like, And I, it was just so wonderful. And it wasn't ham-fisted, but like, unexpected smart writing. Realistic, dia- realistic dialogue, engaging characters... Even someone as simple as as, as the the food vendor Emphis, I was excited to get through his entire segment. Had almost no bearing on the overall mission. Uh, you could, I think, you could skip talking to him entirely if you want. I don't think he has a real impact on anything else. Uh, you know, of this like escaping your pursuers, making a life for yourself. This is a guy who cooks food and exchanges stories with you. And what made it real, and that that made it real and successful and interesting. I mean, I gained like a virtual friend, and I felt like a real life pang of sadness that was only virtual. I wanted this fun and effervescent interaction to be true and alive. He was such a great character, and I like the. I remember specifically the drive for him was like get to know him, and I was like, I can't wait, I can't wait to pursue this more. Excuse me, I need a drink. My most favorite story parts were like the introspection and the psychedelic experiences. Like, most people struggle with identity. Everyone does. But to be this, like, quasi-human, sentient being with an intangible connection to your creator via a keystone was a, was a trip. And they worried about this person they were made from but also felt disconnected from them having never known them, having memories of something that they didn't live. But on a fundamental level, wanting to be free and have their own life after having been born to servitude and escaped from that... At a glance, it seems like far-fetched and inhuman on paper. That is not something you can connect with, right? How can I connect with a robot, a sentient android man? You know, but the look inside this character's mind that the writers gave us made it feel so normal and commonplace. It felt like something that I would deal with, right? So it's like they're dealing with these abstract things that we can never talk about, like being on a space station and being a slave and trying to figure out what to do. But I felt like it was the introspection felt realistic, it surely ha- it had parallels to real identity crises. But they made this mystical, cybernetic being feel like a human simply wanting to not be churned through the machine. They were having like an existential thought problem, and it made me think, do I want to leave the I and make a new life somewhere else in the unknown? Do I want to forge a life here, the connections I've made across it? It engaged me, and it gripped me. It's only, you know... It's the only good choose-your-own-adventure you'll ever go through, and every path you can take is meritorious. I reached a conclusion um, that eventually closed out other avenues, um, and like was the, my final say, and I was thoroughly satisfied. I, I I said before I wanted to play it as like a real person would, seriously, and I felt at peace with my choices. I I didn't want to meta game. I didn't want to say what what can get me the best outcome, what gets me the most money. Uh, and I, I think they present it in such a way that you can't. They There's no way to be like, oh, is this going to get me more money if I answer this? Because it's just a character discussion. You don't know if they're going to give you money or if they're going to back out or if they're going to you know attack you. And I'm not saying like any of these things actually take place, but you don't know how they're going to react because they're written like real people might react. So I reacted how I would do if I were this sleeper. And the game felt amazing i felt like there was a very strong impact when i finished it so this is even bigger spoilers i'm going to go into something pretty specific so again um don't listen to this if you don't want to be spoiled but um it's worth talking about there are multiple endings um kind of the ending i chose had me distinctly saying that like my body or human counterpart that gave their body up to make me sold their life away and signed mine into slavery so I'm a new separate person. I can make a new separate life. Um, but the game does a couple of really cool things. It auto-saves. So if you were to make an important decision, you make it for the duration of the game. If you make one, you can't like, come back and try out the other one. Um, there are a couple of endings that can go one way or the other. Um, so I ended up watching like a credit scene about three times. So when this happens, like you know, there's a segment where I can do you know, a stay outcome or a go outcome, basically. You know, stay on the I or go somewhere else. And um, I think if you choose go for these, um, that the game might end fully. But what happened for me was, um, it might like save there. I'm not sure if you can go back and do it, but I chose to stay. So it rolled credits after that, but then it put me back on the eye immediately and I was able to continue because I chose to stay on the eye until my final one where the game ended. And then um, I was able to like come back in so so once the game finally ended and I chose to leave the eye, a certain ending took place and then the credits rolled. And then I loaded up my file again just to see what would happen and it had me um at that choice because it doesn't save after I complete the game, but there was nothing left to do on the eye like everything was finished. So um there were and something else that uh that I really liked. Um I I had at one point, I was only able to continue and do this because I had previously removed my sense of urgency. And this is going to sound confusing, so just strap in. There are two specific instances where I killed the bounty hunters after me and then a different one where I also had my tracker removed that SNR had placed on me. So the last four or five or so drives of the game, I had no nagging feeling in the back of my mind that I was unsafe. I had legitimately removed the conflict from the game and could go about just, like, completing tasks at my own pace. It was a refreshing change. No other game has done this. It was like arbitrary story beats or enemy motives of the past are gone, because I had succeeded, and I was rewarded by being able to explore and make friends peacefully. I felt wholesome, real, and engaging. I'd struggled for a long time in the game, hours and hours with fear of people chasing me or hunting me down, and my reward for the success of stopping them was not some other conflict built into for the sake of having conflict throughout the whole game and having a struggle and arbitrary difficulty, but I was giving freedom and autonomy. I've never seen this done in a game before. There was a real consequences that I eliminated. It felt incredible. There was just a point and it wasn't too much longer at the end of the game, maybe an hour or so that I would run through some stuff at the end, but it felt like for a while I was doing all this balancing. And then I'd finally reached a point where I was able to just succeed. And that's why, again, it felt like a story. It felt so real. There was a definite conclusion to a part And they didn't just throw something else in for the sake of being a game. They made the story forefront. Um, So, one more, one last quick spoiler. The ending I chose was with the character Lam and his adopted daughter Mina. I chose to leave the station with them to colonize a new planet. And the way the ending is written deserves to be read without spoiler. If you play this game, choose however you want to go. But the writing for this part was so superb that I, if I had known about it, I would have pursued it with gusto. Um, so every time I get to the end of a review, I feel like I haven't been able to touch on all the little intricacies of a game enough, but this one is even more so than any other. Every bit of Citizen Sleeper is alluring and hypnotic. It is a holy unique experience i say that people throw the word unique around a lot but i've never played a game like this before and it it gripped me entirely i felt it in my soul you know that feeling when you when you read a good book and you put it down and you feel incomplete because you want to be in that story and you know what to do with yourself and you just sit and think for a little bit i had that for citizen sleeper i was stunned at the end i i wanted more but i was i felt like there was nothing left in a good way and playing it feels more like d d than any d d game I've ever played. Sometimes even an actual pen and paper with my friends. The atmosphere, the charm, the vibe cultivated by their combination of paramount writing, fluid soundtrack, intriguing and engaging gameplay makes for a top-tier, upper-echelon experience. If you like books, you'll like this game. If you have Game Pass, download it. If you don't, buy it. It left me content and fulfilled. No funny shit. A full-on tree bone guarantee Shoutouts to to developer i want to take a moment uh so i looked it up um jump over the age i was confused because it said it was a one person thing it said it was by um i think i have the name here gareth Damien martin founder and sole member of the game studio jump over the age so shout outs to gareth um the, uh, it was it was definitely published by someone else fellow traveler i believe but jump over the age. Shout out to them. I am completely enamored with this game. If Damien, or if Gareth Damien Martin, am I getting this right? Let me check. Gareth Damien Martin. If if they never make another game, they have one masterpiece to be proud of, and I say that wholeheartedly. I love this game. I was surprised. I did not expect to love it. Um, Every bit of it is good. I honestly think it might be without flaw. So, again, I love books. I love music. I love a good story. This one, it felt like it was written specifically for me. I'm in love with this game. I wish I could erase it from my memory so I could play it again once more. Uh, tree Bone Guarantee, baby. I can't say it enough times. Thank you to them for this experience. Shout out to Jump Over the Age. Shout out to Fellow Travelers. Shout out to Gareth, Damien, Martin. Um, and go places and Sleeper, please. You'll enjoy it. Thank you for your time. Rise up, gamers. And I'll see you on the other side. Good night.